Thursday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode, I think it's 458 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. It's good being back in New York. I was traveling in Atlanta yesterday for Coca-Cola work, and I saw the news of heavy metal pinball from Stern Pinball, a game none of us saw coming. It wasn't even part of my three predictions of a rerun of Metallica, Transformers with comic book art, and Led Zeppelin as a Steve Ritchie cornerstone title. So this is a, a fourth new development at Stern, and this is pretty much confirmed. We're going to hear today and probably see high-res HD photos of heavy metal. And let's let's talk about that first on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. So this is an exclusive limited run game from Stern Pinball. It is going to be a reskin of Star Wars Pin, which is the home version of the Star Wars Pin. So if you, if you Google that image, you'll see it. And all the features line up perfectly with that Star Wars home pin, which are the following. LED lighting, two steel ramps and rails, passive two ball lock, uh, three pop bumpers, opto spinner, and three drop targets. If you look at the Star Wars pin, there's the three drop targets that are in front of the entrance to the Death Star ramp. So this is this game is going to be reskinned on that, and I think it makes more people excited, if you're a heavy metal fan, that it's going to be a reskin of that pinball machine and not a reskin of the machine used for Primus and Wonelli, and also not a reskin of the game used by Supreme. So this layout, out of all the layouts Stern uses to reskin games, I think this is the most favorable layout, okay? Now, some other features they mention on this game. It has original hand-drawn heavy metal artwork. It has a DMD display. We'll talk about that. We're always sort of going forward and backwards with these games. Uh, it has commercial quality coin operated, so you can put this on location. Remember, Star Wars the pin did not have a coin door because it was meant for home use only. It also has, uh, it's the first ever official heavy metal pinball machine. I guess that's a feature. It's made to order for a limited time. And it's the first ever chameleon paint armor kit. Well, Haggis Pinball is doing that, but I guess it's the first ever now because Stern's doing it first. It has two exclusive custom heavy metal action figures, original soundtrack featuring Sebastian Bach, Brendan Small, uh, the Night Flight Orchestra, and more to be announced. More, more nobody or has been artist to be announced by Stern Pinball. All right, so how do I want to talk about heavy metal, the commission pin? So I just think that's the first thing we need to talk about is this is not a Stern original title. So this game has been commissioned to be made by the company that owns heavy metal. Now, I, I'm sorry, I, I know it's like some Amendium or some company name. I, I'm not going to go look it up right now because I don't really care who owns the heavy metal license. So this is not a Stern game. Now, what does that mean? I, I think it means you can't really, like, you can't be upset with Stern with this title. Like, someone came to them and said, hey, we, we want to make a pinball machine for our fans. I also think that all of these reskin games are not only, I don't think they're only companies coming to Stern. I think this is part of the Stern marketing strategy, and it's part of Jody and team's job is to maybe go out to properties like Heavy Metal, like Supreme, like Primus, maybe hit people up that you're friendly with and say, hey, look, 
We don't need to redesign a whole new game for you because that would cost millions of dollars. But what we can do for you is offer you the following. We can give you a chance to make a heavy metal pinball machine. We've already already designed like 95% of the game itself. All we need to do is put an art package in this and create some DMD dots and some sound effects and we're good to go. It's a much shorter development cycle. It's much easier for them to do because this is even easier. If you think about it, Stern's model's even easier than what Spooky Pinball was doing when they got commissioned games. When Domino's came to Spooky, they had to make an all-new game. When Nick Parks went to Spooky, they had to make an all-new Jetsons game from the ground up. And so, you know, much different approach here. Now, now, the, so the R&D costs, the majority of the R&D costs of these games gets cheaper and cheaper which e with each new reskin they do, right? Because they've already paid for the development costs. Now, if we think about the price of this game, and here's what the price is, and this is what I think people have an issue with, right? So the Star Wars home pin, how, guess how much the Star Wars home pin was? That was basically the same game. Uh, the Star Wars home pin sold, are you ready for it? Sold for $44.99. So how does a $44.99 game all of a sudden, because it's reskinned heavy metal, how does that now become, get, get ready for it, $8,299 is going to be the price of heavy metal. So almost twice the price, a almost $4,000 increase for nothing more than an art package and maybe some sound effects and dot work. So how does that make you feel? Now, who is to blame for that? I know I know people are like, well, it's not Stern's fault. It's the license holder that is placing the price on these games. And I I don't necessarily believe that. You don't think Stern Pinball, their marketing team, is helping these licensors figure out, A, how many to make, B, where to price it at? They obviously are. And by pricing it this high... It means one thing, the profit margin will be incredible. Now that's the challenge, right? I, I think sometimes Stern just gets it absolutely wrong with where they think the price points should be on these games. Because even Kapow games, if you think about it, Kapow games are also commission games. Like Joe Kamikow has the license for Beetle and he's commissioning Stern to make a pinball machine. I know they're working together. It feels more like it's not a Stern game. Sorry, it feels more like it's a Stern game, not a Kapow game, but it's actually a Kapow game that's released by Stern. Now look, do I think a heavy metal pinball machine priced at $82.99 is something that people are going to buy. Well, let me first start out by saying I don't understand this theme. I, I understand what heavy metal is. I've never in my life, and I'm being totally honest, I've never in my life picked up a heavy metal comic book or magazine and, and read it cover to cover. I used to remember when I was a kid at Barnes and Nobles, like seeing it on the stand, and it always got my attention because there was usually some heavily voluptuous woman wearing nothing, holding a sword up, and you, it, it, as a young boy, you can't help but gravitate your eyes towards uh, something like that on the magazine rack. And I, I get it was an R-rated magazine, and I, I, there was a movie associated with it, and so it's it's like this interesting sort of, I, I think if you're into like heavy metal and hard rock and punk scene and 
and rocker chicks like you are really into heavy metal. Now, look, look, it's 2020, so is there really an audience for this game? And I think the question isn't, is there an audience or not? That doesn't really matter. It's kind of irrelevant because Stern's going to make these to order. So they're not going to just throw this thing on the line and push it on to distributors. This is a different type of game. It's going to go down a lot like Primus. If you were to ask me how many in total of this niche, a little bit obscure theme that is only appealing to uh, older men who don't have access to internet porn, which is nobody, uh, if you were to ask me who this theme appeals to, uh, I, I think it's very, very limited, especially at this price point. I mean, this isn't a four, if it was $4,500 and priced the same as the Star Wars pin, I, I think you have a lot more people, a lot more interested in this game. If it was between five and $6,000, I think you have a lot more people interested in this theme because on art package alone, I think there are a lot of pinball buyers that would want this kind of artwork and R-rated, sexy comic book, you know, chicks with swords and and wearing next to nothing in their game rooms. I, I do think on, on just a, a sleazy level, there would be demand for this kind of, uh, you know, our package in guys' game rooms, but not at $82.99. At $82.99, this game is now priced high, like really, really high for, for a reskin game. And I think there's no way uh, to get around that point. And I think the only people this game appeals to are the ultra, ultra diehard heavy metal fans. And I think Stern knows that. And I I were to guess they will make in total somewhere around 100 to 150 of these. I don't think you're going to see a lot more of these selling at that price point. Now, if the price point comes down, and these are discounted, and you start to see heavy metals for 6,500, you'll see more people order them. But with all the machines coming out, and all the new games on the horizon, I just don't see heavy metal really taking off. And I don't think Stern expects it to, and I don't think the licensor holder expects it to, but I do think, I do think Stern help them price it at that price point, and I think that price is stupid. I think it's too high, and I think people aren't that dumb. I also don't think fans of pinball are that stupid, and this is the problem with these reskin games, is they're of no appeal to pinball people because we know what Stern's doing. It's almost like the only people that will be convinced this is worth it are heavy metal fans who aren't aware that this is a reskin game. They're also not aware of what pinball machines should cost for that much money because this game is the same price basically out the door as a Willy Wonka, right? Almost as an LE. You can get a Willy Wonka for for you know around 8200 now, 8300. You can, you can find them for that price. And and look at the difference a reskin game Versus an entirely built from the ground up experience. And not even Willy Wonka. Like you can go get a Jurassic Park premium. You get every Stern premium has way more in it than this game. So look, it's an option. It's not a Stern title. So there won't be too many arrows going their way. But you know, it's news. And I think we're going to see it today. And I think it's going to look sexy. It really is going to look amazing. See, Stern knows 
that artwork is the cheapest thing. Because think about it like this. The fact that this is twice the price of Star Wars the pin. So think about it like this. What do you think the bomb is on Star Wars the pin if Stern sells it for 4500 bucks and makes a profit? I bet the bomb on Star Wars the pin is around $2,000. Okay, so now let's, let's add 500 bucks just to be nice. So the bomb on a heavy metal game is $2,500 and they want to sell it for $8,300. Think about that for a minute. So there's almost $6,000 in profit potentially on this game. Now, a really good artist, an incredible artist, will you know will give you an art package on these games I, I think at the very high 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 end of what an artist would make to do a pinball machine is twenty thousand dollars so that means you only have to sell three and a half games to make enough profit to pay some of the most expensive artists to do a pinball package think about that this is why this is why it matters that when you go in into a pinball buying uh, experience you understand what something costs to make and what you're paying for it and that is why Stern goes heavy on the art because it's really cheap to have a game you don't have to design from the scrap from from the ground up and it's really cheap just to pay an artist and the game looks sexy even though you didn't really do much to the game okay let's move on heavy metal we're gonna see it today all right, what else is going on? Spooky Pinball, Rick and Morty's are in the wild. So they're out. They're landing in locations. They're in bars across America. We've got them on the West Coast. We got them on the East Coast. We got them in the middle of the country. Games are going out the door. Code updates are happening in real time. Hilton's been showing us that he keeps getting USB sticks every day with new code updates, which is great. I'm hearing that if you ordered a butter cabinet, which I did, there may be a delay on your game being manufactured. Okay, so I always wondered, you know, it has to create a little bit of a hiccup on the assembly line when you have to deal with the highly sort of fragile butter cabinets, which are basically made just like Playfields, it's screen printed art and then it's clear coated on the outside of the cabinet, you have, you know, having to go between making those and making the standard decaled cabinet games must be a little bit challenging for Spooky to figure that out. The thing is, there's a lot of money for them to figure it out because it's a thousand dollar upgrade. So uh, we will see when I will get game number 50. Now I'm excited because I'm going to get to play Rick and Morty maybe for the first time this weekend. If I go over to Jack Bar, his game is arriving on Friday. So he said, Chris, do you want to come over around 8 a.m.? Before I open the doors to the public and have a little Canada exclusive romp on the machine? I don't know. Part of me just wanted to always play it for the first time in my apartment. But I'm also excited that I've got guys like John living locally who are going to have the game for a week or two or a few weeks before me. Uh, because if there are any adjustments to the game that need to be made, someone like John will catch them. And then I can I can send John an Uber. Have him come over and help me set up my game. Give him some Louis Trey, some expensive whiskey, and we can play some Rick and Morty. And it's great having proximity to people in the community that are, are well, well knowledged in how to set up pinball machines because that is not me. Now, speaking of setting up pinball machines, this was funny. I think it was the pin lawyer. I forget who, I forget his name. He started a thread on Pinside that was like, everybody is crazy. Stranger Things LE is awesome, right? And then he tells this story 
Uh, this is how he came to the conclusion that Stranger Things LE is incredible. He bought the game, and keep in mind, this guy has like 30 pinball machines. He bought the game, he unboxed it, he played it once. He played it once! And he says how there was only one adjustment he needed to make out of box, and that the rest of us are crazy, Stranger Things is amazing. Okay, so the, the new benchmark for being able to declare a game amazing from Stern Pinball is that the game actually turns on and works. You don't, I mean, after one play of a machine, how can you declare that it's amazing? Unbelievable. I, I, I wish all of us, I wish all of us, our first time on a machine was all we needed to, to solidify how we feel. Now, so look, Stranger Things debate will continue to rage on. It will. I Look, I don't think this game is as amazing as the owners want you to think it is. I also don't think it's as terrible as a lot of the people are saying it is. And I've said it all along from the very beginning. I said Stranger Things is a middle-of-the-road game. It's middle-of-the-road for me. It's not horrible. It's not terrible. I love the theme. I love the music. I love the sound effects. It does make you want to flip it. It's fun to shoot because of the fan layout. But I also, I don't think it's like the second coming of pinball. And I think after all the wait for Brian Eddy and this theme and the toys and the things that could have gone into this game, I think it's a little barren. And I, and I think it's a little unimaginative. And that's just my opinion. I enjoy playing it. This is, what, this is always what I said. I think it's a fun game to play. I just wouldn't want to own one. With everything available and with what's on the horizon, I just think Stranger Things is a game I will enjoy in other people's homes and out on location. And I think that's a fair assessment, okay? Now, talking of UV lighting in Stranger Things, did you see this? So Pin Stadium has a kit that lights this mofo up. I mean, it really lights up the game unbelievably well with their UV kit. I mean, their UV kit lights up everything way more than the Stern UV kit does. It, it just, it, the whole thing pops. And if you want a, a UV kit that's going to make your entire game glow like the upside down, and it's also $100 cheaper for the Pin Stadium kit. But, and this is a big but, this is the biggest dilemma. But the UV package that Stern gives you incorporates new plastics which you don't get in the Pin Stadium kit. And it also incorporates the new apron, which you don't get in the Pin Stadium kit. So it's sort of uh, incomplete. Like now we have two offerings to light up this game. One lights it up better than uh, you know, a Christmas tree on, on, New Year, on, on New Year's, on Christmas Eve. One lights it up like a spotlight, which is the Pin Stadium, but is missing some of the effects. One gives you all of the effects, but doesn't light up as bright. My so this sucks. <laughs> but you're like now you're like stuck in the middle. So unless and I don't think Stern Pinball is going to sell the plastics separately and the pieces separately, and they shouldn't. Like if they're smart, they shouldn't allow Pin Stadium to come in and make the money off of the innovation that they're putting into the game. And the, if I bought the Pin Stadium kit, even though you're saving 100 bucks, you're missing out on some of the features and some of the effect because you don't have those plastics. So the whole thing just feels like it's a, I don't know, it's kind of like a win-win-lose-lose at the same time for everyone involved. See, for me, and, and again, for these guys out there, you know, this this isn't that much money. I actually, I would go, I would put both in my game. 
because I, I think that the Stern, you know, has all the plastics and then the Penn Stadium lights it up better. And I, I don't know, both going at the same time, what would that do? Would you actually end up getting like a tan? Would you walk away from the machine looking like an Oompa Loompa, like a New Jersey Guido because all the UV coming out of that machine? Is it going to is it going to fade the artwork or, or you, you, are you going to walk away looking like Donald Trump's face after a game of Stranger Things? I don't know. Oh man, so that that's that's what's happening with the the UV kit. So what else is going on in the pinball world, Bubba? What's going on, buddy? Come in here, listen to Daddy podcast. All right, so do do I took a few notes. You know, I just want to talk about a few things. So I was reading the uh, the Munsters thread, and it really feels like we're at the point where Munsters owners have thrown in the towel. They're waving the white flag. They are not going to get the level of integration with the show they love in this pin. It's quite clear that Stern has decided to make this a simpler game and no more is coming. I think what's really hurt the Munsters are two things. I think what hurt the Munsters is that Lyman Sheets did Batman so well. So if you're a fan of these shows, and these shows, remember, these shows came out right around the same time. If you were a fan of these shows and you got Batman, Lyman Sheets gave you everything and then some that you wanted into your game. And if you go on the Munsters, you sort of were expecting a similar experience and you got anything but that. You got a shallow game with very few clips from the show, very few moments from the show you love have been incorporated and it's left you with an underwhelming feeling. And then the other part that I think just sank this game, and this, uh, this is just, again, another, I think another sleazy move by Stern Marketing. If you bought in LE, first you got hoodwinked because they went from 500, right? For only 500, got everyone to buy. And then the next day they're like, okay, only 600. And they changed it because they saw demand was high. I thought that was really sleazy, and people forgave them for that. Sleazy move to do that. And then the reason why your Ellie was special is you were going to have the only full-color version of the game with the lower play field, and the premiums were all black and white. And it was nice. There was like a nice division where only 600 games in the world would have the fully featured color game. And then what did they do? They introduced the full-color premium completely destroying any sense of specialness to the LE game itself. And and that is why if you start to add up all of these sleazy marketing moves by Stern Pinball, I think many of you are coming to the same conclusion that I've come to. It's not that they don't make fun games. It's that they go out of their way to screw over the people that have made this company so successful. And they just don't need to do it. And there's only one, it's not about staying in business, people. It's about greed and it's about being honest and it's about being ethical with your buyers, right? Is Spooky Pinball gonna go make more than 750 Rick and Mortys? There's clearly way more demand. I mean, if Rick and Morty, let's be honest, if Rick and Morty were made by Sterner Jersey Jack, both of those companies would have made two to three more runs of the game even though they said they wouldn't. That is what they would have done. Because yes, there's money to be made there. And you could argue that that's the smart move to make money and stay in business. But at some point, shouldn't we support companies that stick with their word and are truthful with us and honest with us about what their intentions are 
with the games that we're buying, especially games that we're buying as collectibles for some people. I, I don't fault people for wanting to know I'm buying one of how many and that's it because that does determine a game's future value and there's nothing wrong with that. But when they lie to you about what they're going to do, then I have a problem with that. And I think you do too. I think I think you do too. And I don't think they need to do it. Again, Stern is so successful. And they're going to have another successful year. And they're just going to keep cranking these things out. And it's just, it, it's, just, it's just greed at some point, right? All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? So someone is also trying to sell their Rick and Morty spot. Let's talk about this. So some guy on Pinside is trying to sell his spot, his Bloodsucker Edition spot for $4,000 and he's basically like this is my spot it's four grand and then you have to buy the machine so basically it's the 1500 bucks plus he wants a $2,500 profit and then you have to buy the machine it's not going to work the Rick and Morty flipping world it's not going to work unless you have an early number pin and guess what I'm not seeing anybody anybody with numbers sort of south of 200 flipping games. I know some of you thought I would flip it. I could make a few a few grand easily. Number 50 with butter cabinet and all the all the all the, you know, purple everything and all the protectors and decals and I'm getting everything in my game. I could flip it. I know some of you out there who are have to wait a year would happily pay me 2 to 3,000 more for my game. I'm not going to flip it. I'm not going to flip it. I just, I want the pin. And I also got a loan number because Charlie was being really nice to me. And I think it would be a jerk move for me to flip this game. So that's not happening. All right. I look forward to enjoying the game. But look, I also, people can do what they want with their machines. They really can. They really can. Now, people might call you a jerk and an a-hole for doing it. And people are doing that. And I know I did that with some people when they were flipping it right away. Like when people on day one got two spots and flipped one. Yeah, yeah, I called people out. And so what? So what? I it, it is what it is. But they, they're still allowed to do that, right? This isn't, this is a capitalistic country. It was funny last night listening to the Democratic debate. Man, if you think Pinside is bad, look at the way our political leaders talk to each other. Look at that. Debate was a bloodbath, all right? Socialism will never, never prevail in America. It won't. You know, moderate, moderates will always be what, what carries most of the votes. Anyway, I'm not going to get political with you guys. But, you know, you know it's, like, it's like, man, we're so mean to each other at times. And, and I'm just saying, let people do what they want with their games. If, here's the thing, too. I always say this. When someone buys a game over sticker and they get the game, they're usually happy. They know they had to go over sticker because none are available, right? What else is going on in pinball? Oh man, all right, I gotta get to work. Let me um let me again thank Scott Denisi for coming on the show. I think you guys enjoyed that interview. I think we had a good talk. Let me also just end this show by saying I wanna say that one of my favorite pinball podcasts, one of my favorite dudes in the hobby, Jason Fowler announced that Slap Save Pinball Podcast uh, is going away and he's taking a break from the insanity that does ensue when you are part of the, the upper echelon of pinball media. And I just want to say Jason's an amazing dude. He's an awesome, awesome member of the community. And I actually think Jason's going to have more fun. And I was talking to him. You know, he slimmed down his collection. He's not getting rid of all of his pins. And sometimes I feel like the guy having the most fun in pinball 
is just a dude somewhere in America who's got one pin. He doesn't live in a huge mansion. He doesn't have to OCD about keeping his games perfect. He doesn't chase every new inbox stern that comes out. He's got one pinball machine that's based on his favorite theme, and he wakes up every day, and he plays that pin, and he loves it, and he doesn't go on pin side and call people idiots for liking games they like, and he doesn't care if people doesn't like don't like the game he likes. He just enjoys pinball. And I think over the last few weeks, I think a lot of us, and, 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 and everyone knows who I'm talking about, and I'm even talking about myself. I think a lot of us have realized that if we get too far away from that part of this hobby, we're, we're, we're losing what makes this hobby special. We're losing the connection to the people. We're losing the enjoyment that pinball brings. And we're starting to sink into the bad parts of online behavior, of bullying, of name calling. And I'm here to say that it all needs to just go away. We can bury the hatchet and move forward and we can talk about the games, the designers, the artists. As I say, like, I don't think you should hold back on how you feel about the pinball products and the people that make them. But using so much energy to talk about all the other things surrounding the hobby and the people surrounding those things, it doesn't get anyone anywhere. Everyone makes content that they enjoy making. Everyone has a chance to listen to what they want to listen to. Nobody's making much money off of any of this. And it is here for your enjoyment. And I know you know that. And I know you're sick of like all the drama lately. And I'm just here to tell you, I hope you, uh, you know, can put it behind us, everybody. And let's enjoy what's going to what's about to happen. Because I'm looking at Pinball and I'm saying, oh my God, Deep Root, man, they can't hide for much longer. It's coming. It's coming. Um, I'm also, you know, excited to see Ninja Turtles and Zombie Yeti's next art package. Like, my God. Zombie Yeti, I heard this is going to be above and beyond his best. Okay? Can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see Hot Wheels from American Pinball. I can't wait to see what else American Pinball has cooking. I can't wait to see... Uh, you know, Medieval Madness Royal Edition in the flesh. I can't wait to see what's next from CGC. Like, what's Mark Ritchie's game? I mean, what is the sci-fi title Mark Ritchie is working on? Is it Gremlins? It's something huge. I will find this out for you. I will. It's Mark Ritchie. And then is he doing Pulp Fiction? Or maybe it's, well, someone said Tarantino. Maybe it's Reservoir Dogs. I don't know. But he's doing a Tarantino movie, I, I believe. There's a lot coming out. And here's the thing, on top of all of what we know is cooking, Guns and Freaking Roses from Jersey Jack, right? I heard it's amazing. People have flipped it. Of course, we always hear that. No one ever flips it. For the most part, whenever whenever someone plays a game for the first time, they're usually like, it's amazing. No one's ever like, oh man, I played I played the new game for the first time. It's horrible, right? Because we're all kids inside. We all get giddy when we play a game for the first time. Anyway, my point is this. There's so much good stuff coming. We're all going to have more than enough to talk about, and it's going to be a great 2020, everyone. And I want everyone to get excited again for the Twippies. I feel like the thing that has suffered the most is we've stopped sort of getting excited about TPF and March, and, and March is one of the most exciting times in the pinball hobby, and I think everyone should get re-excited for the award show in which we'll celebrate the best in pinball. I think everyone should get re-excited because of all the announcements and things we're going to see at TPF. 
okay? Everyone, have a great day. I'm sure I'll probably be back tomorrow on the airwaves to talk about heavy metal when we finally see it. Enjoy your Thursdays. Enjoy your pinball machines. And remember, like, be nice to each other. If you're, you know, like, but some games do suck. That's the thing. I know you listen to this show because I will tell you when I think a game sucks. Everyone, love you. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>